Lights, Camera, Asia. A look at Asian culture and history through the lens of cinema. Hello and welcome to Lights Camera Asia. I'm Jake Chen. In the past several weeks, we have been examining gangster film genre, and more specifically, the ones that are made in Asia. For this week and the next, however, we are going to hit pause and interrupt our original program planning because we have a rather unusual guest in the studio. The gentleman's name is Mr. Wood Lin. And he has the jury for TIDF, or the Taiwan International Documentary Festival. It is a biannual film festival set here in Taipei City, and as it has opened for submission recently, Mr. Lin has come to the radio station to promote the event. I suspect that, like many of our listeners, this is the first time that I've heard of the film festival. So I start off by asking him to introduce the mission statement behind the festival and tell us what it is all about. All right, uh, Mr. Lin, thank you for coming to Radio Taiwan International.、Um, today we're here to talk about TIDF, the Taiwan International Documentary Film Festival. To some of our listeners who probably haven't heard of the documentary festival before, could you? Introduce TIDF to them. What does it stand for? Okay,、uh, TIDF means Taiwan International Documentary Festival, and it was founded in 1998. So it's going to be the twelfth、uh, edition of the next next festival.、Mm-hmm. And this festival、uh, now we have a permanent office under Taiwan Film Institute, and we show around 150 films in every edition. So it's one of the largest. Fest,、uh, documentary festival in Asia, right? Yeah. Uh, and um, if my research serves me right, it is held every two years. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.、Um, why every two years? Uh, because um, when the when the people they want to build this festival, they went to another. A nice festival in Japan called Yamagata International Documentary Film Festival. It's one of the, I think it's the oldest、uh, documentary festival in Asia.、Mm. But Yamagata is also take place every two years. So the Taiwan people they want to learn from Yamagata and build a partnership to learn. So it's like this year is Yamagata and next year is TIDF. So it's like a. Take turns to each other.、Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I guess because we're going to be held next year in 2020. Yeah. So they're held in every odd years and、yes. every even years. Yes. Okay. Talking about、um, the documentary film festivals in Japan,、um, one of the questions that I want to bring up is compared to because、uh, I know there there's a number of documentary festivals around.、Um, let's focus on Asia. Yeah. Compared to other documentary festivals、uh, in, in Asia, like the one in South Korea and in, in, in Japan and China,、um, what is unique about TIDF?、Yeah. Okay, I, I think in in one way we try to expand the definition of the documentary. So. If you have joined、uh, our festival, you will see many,、mm, I would say, experimental films, or even the documentary theater performers. 
as an experimental film? Yeah. Okay. And uh, audio documentary. It means only sound, but without image. Right. Yeah, and we also hold the exhibition. Yeah, so it's like a, a very diverse uh, program in the festival. I think compared to the other film festival, they usually do the thing, do the screening in the theater right. and hold the Q and A. But we try to expand and put a lot of uh, the other elements in the festival. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was this, in terms of as far as uh, platforms and uh, and uh, genres of art is concerned, this does sound very diverse. Was this a main goal at the very beginning since 1998, or did it gradually sort of evolve to what it is today? Yeah, I think it's it's going and going because documentary is changing. Mm. And in the past, we we were considered documentary as a very serious. Uh, serious cinema, mm. I would say that. But now, even the home video could be something. Yeah, and we see a lot of um, lot of filmmakers. They they make films by their own perspective and mm. their own way. So, I would say the documentary is maybe more creative than fictions. Yeah, yeah, mm. that's that's an interesting point. Mm. Um, Since you said the the festival has evolved a fair bit over the last twenty years, yeah, what were some of the main features and categories back then, and what are the main features nowadays? Um, it, I think it's it's uh, a little bit different uh, depending on the background. Like uh, in the Europe, you will see a lot of a uh, lot of documentary from the TV or from the festival or from the school. But, uh, and if you think about the North American, I would say it's kind of mainstream documentaries there. Okay. But in Asia, or especially in Taiwan, we have many local issues we, the filmmakers want to handle it. So they concern about like a social movement, like what happened in Hong Kong now. So they try to um, describe the story in very detailed way by making films. But in another way, I, I, I noticed that there's a trend that many people, they start to uh, making films by their own iPhone or some, some machines. That means more and more personal cinema is, is uh, how to say, it's, It's burned. Yeah. It's getting. They're getting their voice heard. Yeah. More individual agents. Yeah. Like, uh, like last year, I think there's a film called For Summer. It's one of the most popular documentary in these two years. It's about a refugee that he uh, make films by his iPhone and focus on his journey to 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 how to say as a refugee to the world huh. is was he one of the refugees who had to make his way through Europe yeah 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 okay yeah 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 so when the audience watched that film it was very touched yeah I bet yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. you guys screened that in a, in a theater like an iPhone film yeah yeah okay mm. Do you uh, foresee this as a trend going forward? Since more and more people are having their own equipment. Yeah, I think it's trend. As, especially everybody use the social media now. Mm -hmm. They record something and put it on the internet. 
and some people collect all the all this kind of footage and make another films by re-edit all the materials. Yeah. I like to remark on the last documentary film that he mentioned, which is shot on mobile phone. Because just a few years ago, the use of a mobile phone camera for movie making is something that people wouldn't take seriously. And probably for good reasons, because phone cameras back in the days weren't known for their quality. But the advancement in camera phone technologies in recent years really have kicked off a new trend. Compared to the most professional cameras and even prosumer cameras, the image quality from camera phones are still not exactly up to snuff. However, cameras on phones have this advantage that nothing else can come close. Their price and their unparalleled accessibility. Phone camera, you know, the one in your pocket, is often the only camera that a person has access to. And the ease of picking up a phone, swipe, and begin shooting is something that no camera, no matter how advanced, can compare. In fact, most professional camera manufacturers strive to make their equipment more capable and more advanced, but along the way, these cameras also become more complex and cumbersome to use. Phone cameras, on the other hand, are designed for ease of use from the ground up, and they always try to be easy and accessible. The fact that an immigrant can use a phone camera to make a documentary to tell the story of his ordeal shows just how much a camera that is readily available can really help unleash a person's creativity. And in the case of this refuge who was fleeing from his home country to Europe, using a mobile phone almost certainly was his only option. While films made partially or entirely by mobile phones are just beginning to getting attention at documentary film festivals such as this one, the TIDF, the technology is already shining in a number of other film genres. Some of the most notable cases in recent years include a series of Bentley commercials shot on iPhones only. And in 2015, a real breakthrough happened, which made a lot of people take notice. American film director named Sean Baker used only three iPhone 5s to shoot a feature-length film, a comedy drama, in fact, called Tangerine. The film later on went on to win a number of nominations and uh, awards at the Sundance Film Festival. As technology moves forward at a relentless pace, I look forward to seeing more creativity being unleashed by the equipment that is more convenient and easily accessible. I'm sure that a documentary made last year was just a beginning and that in the not-too-distant future, movies made with mobile devices will occupy an even bigger part of our creative landscape. Thank you for listening to Lights, Camera, Asia, and I hope you have enjoyed my conversation with Mr. Lin. But that's not all, and please stay tuned, because next week, me and Mr. Lin will continue our conversation about his documentary film festival, the TIDF. I'm Jake Chen, and I'll talk to you then.
What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm. What do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit English.rti.org.